Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? What is up? Happy to be here as always. It's always a good time. It's going to be a fun episode. Nice little Saturday one. I almost, I almost led. I almost said that it's going to be a quick one, and it very well could be, but anytime I say that, we go over an hour, so... Mark that down. We'll see what this final time ends up being at because today we are unpacking the most slept on legends in Apex Legends. Uh, before we kind of do that, though, we want to make sure you join our Discord, chat Apex, find teammates, receive third-party updates, inspire ideas for the show like this. Link to that is in the description of the show or any social media bio where you can find us at Third Party Pod. Let's get into it, though. The most slept on legends. Diving right in as we mm-hmm. do. So for this topic, one of our early episodes way back was on the topic of slept on weapons. This was a very pivotal episode for us because it was the release of our Patreon. If you haven't visited our Patreon, um, I kid you not, for only a few bucks per month, you can make a huge difference in our ability to continue growing this podcast community and get yourself some awesome benefits. So buy one of us a cup of coffee. Like that's, it that's all it's not even a Starbucks a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> just like a straight up like even Black hot drip. water. <laughs> yeah. Anything helps a ton. It really means a lot. Um and so this idea of slept on legends kind of echoes us back to when we did that episode. Um, mm-hmm. In that slept on weapons episode more than a year ago, mm-hmm. first things first, our show was quite different. Um, but this episode was the very beginning of the accuracy metric. So mm-hmm. if you've grown to love that, that's where it originated. You can go back and listen to the first calculation of that and how we were discovered it. Um, And we also clearly stated some incredible weapons, which all, coincidentally, have been nerfed or changed significantly over the last year plus. We're talking Mm -hmm. Prowler, Havoc, many others that are really unrecognizable uh, from their state all the way back then. Mm -hmm. But today, what is a slept on legend and why should you care? A slept on legend is one that has a very powerful kit and Mm -hmm. may have been hit with favorable balancing on their abilities that aren't as flashy as a grapple or a scan, uh, but pack a punch based on their application and cooldown specifically. Slept on Legends shouldn't necessarily change the meta of Apex Legends, but are very viable choices for those interested in unlocking a powerful Mm playstyle. But why should you care? is, I think, the real question while we're listening today. Obviously, everybody knows that Octane and Bloodhound are powerful legends. They're popular, discussed often, on and off of this show. Talking about legends that are less popular, but very rewarding to play, is critical to getting better at this game. But one of the largest values is that if you master these legends that we'll discuss today, you likely won't have to fight in the Legend Select screen to play them. So you're going to have a really, really enjoyable nice experience mm-hmm. and you're going to like be powerful in doing so. Something that's really nice to see though, we also have to get out of the way is that Horizon, Valkyrie, and Bangalore are middle tier legends in terms of popularity. That is awesome. These three are just incredibly fun legends that at some time may have been considered slept on and we probably would have talked about it on an episode like this, but their current popularity makes them really solid and truly, I wish we could talk about them because I love yeah. them so much, uh, but they really don't fit into the criteria. Hey, we just talked about two of them on Wednesday, but talking about criteria, what is it that it takes to be a slept on legend? So the first piece of criteria is the legend must be in the bottom 10 out of the 19 legends we have in terms of pick rate. Secondly, we can't have a legend be slept on. That's one that is complained about a ton. So, for example, Revenant, very popular uh, in the past, currently not so much, but his kit may just leave players feeling broken. They're frustrated and 
that can't be a guy that we're slept on. Similar story for Caustic, even though he's a bit more popular and arguably a bit more effective. That's kind of a tough one. And then finally, the legend can't be this. You know, I like the I like the wording here. Three out of three star difficulty to master. And really what we're talking about is crypto there. He's just a legend that is so incredibly difficult to achieve the technical skills necessary to maximize his abilities. It'd be hard for us to say he's slept on and to be able to recommend them to you because it's going to take hours and hours and hours of dedication to get the most out of him. Yeah, it really will. But you want to win at Apex Legends. Mm -hmm. First things first is you have to pick a legend. And by looking at one of the more slept on legends, you can really unlock a lot of value and a huge advantage to winning more games. And so we've compiled the top five most slept on legends and why. Mm -hmm. The first one being Loba, currently sitting at a pick rate of 4.1%. One of the things that we like to think about in legend design is the game pace and how abilities match the cadence of the game. Loba being a loot legend really lines her abilities up with the phases of the game. Drop in, use her passive to get an early speed and intel advantage for looting. Phase 2, use the bracelet to secure positioning in and out of combat. Phase 2 and 3, use her black market to gain a consistent loot advantage. This extends to ammo, healables, to getting your ideal weapons, and picking up a Kraber from supply drops with ease. Mm -hmm. Now, Loba's strength, like we mentioned in the Tacticals versus Ultimates episode, is the Black Market Boutique. Its power is supremely underrated. Some more experienced players, like myself, early on when Loba was released, felt that a loot legend was dumb. Why would I give up my other abilities to be a better looter? I loot just fine without her. Why would I want to sacrifice my dome shield or my bloodhound scan for anything that has to do with loot? Didn't really Great make question. sense. Mm -hmm. Boy, was I and potentially <laughs> yourself wrong. That was the, the power point. of having ammo grenades, armor, shields, extended mags, your favorite gun at your fingertips is so, so, so powerful. Loba is one of my favorite legends of all time because we at the third party know how to choose our guns. Loba <laughs> makes it possible to use the meta weapons every single time. It's a gun game, first and foremost. We say it a lot, and Loba, Loba helps you get to whatever gun you want to win a gun game. I think it might sound silly to some to think about Loba being one of the most powerful legends and really a slept on one at that, but this, the idea of getting the best stuff is how you win in Apex Legends. No mm -hmm. gas trap or health drone is going to define most of your games. Gunplay and having the better weapon and equipment makes far more of a difference than any grapple or even a bracelet for that matter yeah yeah black market all day but she also has some other things what about the bracelet do you think mm -hmm. that adds a, a degree of power to her kit yeah i mean i think it would be crazy to say the ability that we thought was going to define her as a legend and has come into the game and underwhelmed from that perspective is still not a huge part of her game. We're talking about teleportation. We talked about invincibility last week endlessly when we talked about Wraith. This is essentially that in spurts as well. Being able to travel from point A to point B without the fear of taking a bullet is incredibly, incredibly powerful. I'm a huge fan of this ability. I feel like I get a lot of use out of it when I play. The ability to drop it down at any point really saves you from some of the animation time, which has already been updated in and of itself on both ends. And so I think I think you really do have some power. And it's it's not like the top mobility legend, but it is a part of her kit. And I think it's slept on is part of the key. Like it isn't looked at as a Pathfinder grapple when it really does accomplish a lot of what that does at certain times. Yeah, I look at the bracelet as ease of use. Yes, you mm -hmm. have to commit. You know, as soon as you toss, it's very difficult to You're get gone. out 
of a bad situation. You can drop it down early, but then you kind of risk the fact of being out in the open. Um, but ignoring that, this is way faster of an ability than many may recall. Um, the bracelet is really effective at closing the gap, mm -hmm. at rotating very quickly, repositioning. I think it's quite strong. And specifically looking at Loba in arenas, uh, where I've been using her a fair bit as well, her pacing is excellent. The flow is really, really fun. Being able to have two charges for free on the bracelet allow you to grab the materials, grab the supply bin, um, get that early positioning advantage, and then the passive and the ultimate in order to unlock the supply uh, drop. Really, really powerful ability. And when it all comes down to guns, Loba really makes a difference. Yeah. Loba is also just so beginner friendly, kind of like you were saying mm -hmm. with ease of use. You know, hey, I want to play Apex for the first time. Okay, I'm not the best looter. I might miss a thing or two. Okay, pop down that ultimate. And now you're going to be able to obviously grab the ammo you maybe forgot to pick up. But just while you're running around, you might not know, hey, purple armor over there. I wouldn't have seen that otherwise. I got to go grab that. And the bracelets yeah. are nice. I don't want to call it a get out of jail free card. But if you find yourself ahead of the team, there are instances where you'll just be able to throw that back towards your teammates and get out of a situation you wouldn't have been able to. And like you were saying, it's just super simple. And that's a really approachable tool and one that I definitely think, I, I think she's very slept on. I love Loba also. Ready to keep it rolling? Let's do it. We got Fuse coming in as the second most slept on legend. I guess not most. We're not going in a particular order. My bad. So Fuse sits at a pick rate of 3.3% currently. So even lower than our, our Loba girl. We kind of just talked about the game design from a loot perspective and what's the value of that. But let's talk about it from a different perspective and talk about it as explosives. We really thought this legend was going to break the game when he arrived into it. Explosives just have the potential to dominate and control games. And later we're going to talk about in the show Recon, forcing people out of cover. Explosives really, really force people out of cover. And damage influences a lot in Apex Legend. Fuse leans into that with his kit. So Fuse's kit, just in general, top to bottom, is Assault or Damage Dealing. Let's start with the passive Grenadier. The ability to carry two grenades in one slot is so powerful that in Season 4 of Apex Legends, it was removed from the game. But it got added back four seasons later to be a passive for a new legend. So if you were a huge fan of nades, this is your guy. Throwables are just so good. Like The fact that you can wipe teams in ways or end fights instantaneously with grenades and this legend lets you obviously stack them up even more that's powerful and the fact that fuse can now toggle his ability to launch grenades with his mechanical armor without is pretty big it allows so much more power to just be unlocked in terms of control it was one of the biggest complaints i believe about him upon arrival uh we said it back then, still true now. We prefer arc stars with Fuse, being able to use the mechanical arm to just launch them super precisely, have them stick is awesome. But just carrying four throwables in his kit is so powerful. You got hundreds of damage in terms of potential. Coupled with the rest of his kit, you just got a really, really big deal. How do you feel about this passive, man? It, it just blows things up, to say the least. <laughs> it, it really does. And the fact that this was something that was removed from the game and then mm -hmm. added back is a really great indicator that this is a slept on legend. And like you said, now that you can toggle it, it means that you can now use frag grenades effectively and being able to have just double the amount of throwables is huge. I can say that we've always loved throwables. We always try to maximize them, um, mm -hmm. but only recently in the last maybe two or three seasons, we've started trying to go for what's considered a sky nade, you know, trying yeah. to time mm -hmm. the explosion of a frag perfectly so that you can't avoid it. Um, I will say a lot easier than it may seem. You know, mm -hmm. you see it mm -hmm. on stream, you see the pros do it, and you're like, man, I'm not man, a, an wish. expert at physics. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Honestly, pretty easy. You know, with the tracing and apex where it gives you the arc, you can really eyeball it and have pretty good success, I think. The nice thing about explosives, you don't have to be on the dot with it. <laughs> exactly. And so I think using frags 
a lot and just throwables in general and practicing with them, very, very effective. I don't think there's anything better in terms of damage per second. So consider that. Very true. In terms of uh, throwables, though, I get double yards if I'm Fuse. And that's why he slept on. That's why he slept on. Let's talk about the Knuckle Cluster, though. A tactical with a truly unnatural low cooldown. You get two charges with a 20-second cooldown for the two of them and approximately six-second duration each. You have nearly constant Knuckle Clusters, and it's possible, which is crazy. You essentially have a 14-second cooldown if you chain them together. There's only going to be seven seconds, essentially, where knuckle clusters aren't available at any time. I loved looking at this when we talked about true cooldown on tactical versus ultimates a little bit ago. He's very much a beneficiary of that. In terms of damage, the knuckle clusters can do 60 to 75 damage, depending on if you stick them or not, which I will say we are both always surprised how easily you can stick a knuckle cluster compared to like an arc star or something. It's got to be that launcher arm or something, but it's just super accurate and really easy to use, which always blows my mind. And yeah, it's really two highly accurate arc stars for free on a crazy low cooldown. Please, please control combat, force people out of cover, destroy doors. You just got it all with these knuckle clusters. It's absolutely fantastic. And then let's talk about the ultimate and we'll kind of talk about how it all fits together. But we got mother load benefits like we said from the true cooldown once a mother load is fired a new one begins charging even though those flames are still in the field for 17 seconds which is a really nice deal it's 103 second cooldown is by far the shortest cooldown of any area of effect ultimate by two or three times so you can use twice the mother loads as you know gibraltar bombardments and that's very powerful in of itself you get the recon ability on top of that now for attacking ability or building, and that could be a quite nice little advantage. You just get to create these death zones with Fuse, and not only is it easy, but very oppressive. Use all three abilities at once in a fight because one, you can, and two, the cooldowns are just kind of broken at this point. It's free damage with explosives, which are very disruptive to your enemies. If you haven't seen clips yet of Fuse's putting down the mother load, trapping entire teams, launching in a ton of grenades and getting full wipes with explosives. I don't know if you're following the third party pod on Instagram because that stuff goes crazy every time. These are, you know, first two legends, Loba and Fuse, two very different ways to play, but each are very winning. And Loba brings things to her and Fuse sends everything away in a bucket of flames and two different ways to win, but two quite effective ones. Very, very true. Fuse is a ton of fun. And just the Mm -hmm. fact that you're able to have essentially free explosives so frequently is very, very powerful. And frankly, a slept on legend. You know, Mm -hmm. you you don't have mobility, you don't have recon, but you have the highest ability at dealing damage without even considering weapons. And, you know, in the past, we've kind of picked apart Fuse in terms of uh, what's the effective range of his kit kind of being mm-hmm. that longer range deal. Yeah, that may be true. Still is. Mm-hmm. Um, but still doesn't mean you can't use the tactical in a pinch or the passive to throw grenades really effectively and to carry more of them. Um, and so all in all, the kit's very strong and worth using and you can definitely win a lot of fights and a lot of games with fuse. You will enjoy it. You'll enjoy blowing things up without a doubt. Before we get into the rest of our legends, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's keep it rolling. This guy keeps making episodes, even though you said you don't want to talk about him. Wonder how that works. I don't know. Once you're on the cover art, you kind of just get a free pass uh, on these kind of things. But uh, Gibraltar, Mm -hmm. currently sitting at a pick rate of 2.8%. Shame. Is Gibraltar. <laughs> we don't want him shame. getting nerfed. Like, we no. don't want him getting nerfed. We don't want him to be at the top. He should be higher. But let's keep him where, let's keep him so he's not yeah. like this don't wanna craziness. Crazy. I like having a Gibraltar on my team and nobody else yeah. does for some reason. I guess not. I guess not, Shay. But that's why we have to talk about him in order yep, to get more Gibraltars out there. Um, Gibraltar to some may be a legend that they complain about. 
Um, so maybe you don't feel like they fit within our criteria. But yeah. since season four, there have been six independent nerfs of Gibraltar's kit outside of any bug fixes or issues. Mm-hmm. Six fundamental nerfs to all three abilities, touching every aspect of his kit. Many would say that even though Gibraltar is Apex Legends to professionals or very popular among professional teams who have to play Edge to secure placement mm-hmm. for money, Gibraltar is still not overly powerful. And that's because you don't play him in pubs. Like you're listening now, you don't play Gibraltar, and that's why he's not overpowered. He is slept on because of that fact. Professionals like him. Mm-hmm. But the public simply doesn't. Now, Gibraltar is a sleeper legend and less popular than Mirage and Fuse. It's shocking to say those words. It really is. For an OG legend, it's really crazy considering his abilities. Um, Gibraltar is just not at all a top pick in Apex, but his abilities are as top tier as they come. The ultimate. I think we can cruise through this one quickly. A bombardment, mm-hmm. which is very punishing and the most difficult to avoid compared to Caustic, yeah. Fuse, and Bangalore's area of effect abilities. Even though it has the second longest real cooldown in the game, it still packs a serious punch in defining end games and mid game fights, worthy of ultimate accelerants for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's a justifiably long cooldown because it is very impactful, like you're saying. And I think that's a that's a good place to settle with this one. I can't believe what the cooldown used to be on it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like when you think Pretty about crazy. things. Pretty crazy. My goodness. Now, the tactical and passive. Spoiler, like Gibraltar's passive is one of the most powerful ones in the game. Just talked about we it. We just talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, you can go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. Talk about all these greatest passes in the game but the tactical dome shield even though this ability is the longest true cooldown in the entire game at 42 seconds it has a 12 second duration of an impenetrable shield for the entire team now what can you do in 12 seconds reload anything yes fully heal yes you can do that as well revival teammates Yes, you can even Phoenix. <laughs> you Gibraltar. Can even Phoenix. It, it's just ridiculous what you can do. Gibraltar can res a teammate in four seconds compared to the normal six outside of the dome, meaning Gibraltar could theoretically res three teammates under a dome. Mm-hmm. This ability is the single most versatile tactical ability in the game. It can be used while repositioning to create a 12 second uh, bubble of cover to run behind or away mm-hmm. from it could be used to push an advance you can use it to res a teammate of course you can use it to protect other abilities like a turret or a black market death totem portal the list goes on but another thing we often look for when breaking down kits is the synergy between abilities horizon is a popular example of a kit that works very fluidly tactical up mm-hmm. throw ultimate passive down to quickly fire perfect gibraltar has a similar symphony of abilities the ultimate pushes enemies out the bubble protects the team and then the gun shield defends the bubble Mm -hmm. but that situation can easily be flipped to be offensive as well ultimate to soften an enemy position bubble to protect the advance and passive to breach an enemy building Why are we really talking about Gibraltar? What's the real reason that Gibraltar is slept on? I think the answer is twofold. Mm -hmm. Firstly, I think that there is, in addition to mobility and speedy cooldowns on other abilities, which Gibraltar just does not have, either mobility or the quick cooldowns. Because of this, I think people associate Gibraltar with just being very slow and not a responsive legend. Mm -hmm. The truth is, Gibraltar is probably the most reactive legend in the game. An enemy is kicking down a door, gun shield. Mm -hmm. You're cracked and out in the open, bubble. Safely add a battery. 
Anything you throw at Gibraltar in terms of gunplay, he has an answer. The second reason Gibraltar is slept on is they fear his size. I think Gibraltar is, you know, a fact more than double the size of most legends. But the combination of fortified, his passive, and tactical honestly make up for that if you're playing him correctly. Gibraltar is a fun legend. And if you don't believe me, who has main Gibraltar for more than nine seasons, believe the pros. Or Mm -hmm. just look at the top 100 Apex Predators where his pick rate is top seven and has a top five win rate. Winning is very fun. And Gibraltar is a winning legend. Yeah, he's a winning legend. And like he can do everything, as you mentioned. Gibraltar's like, hey, everybody, you can bring some tool to this gathering, this fight. Say, you know, I'm going to bring my hammer. I'm going to bring my screwdriver. I'm going to bring a knife. Gibraltar just brings a super enlarged Swiss army knife that can do everything and anything regardless of the situation. And versatility equals power. We talked about it in the game. And uh, yeah, he really, really rings true with that. He's super awesome. Um, I love having a Gibraltar on my team. I would love that you play Gibby, man. It's It makes my life so much easier. What can I say? He slept on. Let's go. We got Seer coming in next, sitting at a pick rate of 2.2%. Seer is an interesting case study of a legend when we talk about Apex Legends. He's a legend that I would say created some of the loudest uproar in the history of Apex. Whether that was justified or not, well, yeah, who knows? Here's the thing. Seer came into the game very strong and got hit with some of the quickest nerfs we've ever seen. And in part of that and just natural dropping, he seriously fell down the board in pick rate. And that's one of the reasons he's now slept on in this Legends episode. Recon has always been powerful. And for a Recon Legend that still has strength in his kit to be this low on the pick rate chart definitely leads to him being a slept on legend, no doubt. I think part of the reason that Sears honestly slept on is the strength and joy of playing as Bloodhound who is by all means a great legend. I'm not going to take away anything from blood during this conversation. I would say due to Bloodhound's strength, I just think players don't feel as inclined to try out Seer. Even if Seer is deemed powerful, he may just be slept on in comparison to Bloodhound. So let's talk about Seer's abilities though real quick and some of the power that comes with it. What Seer can do is impose your will on enemies through recon. Both Seer's ultimate and tactical impact your enemies in more ways than just being revealed. Obviously, the tactile has a lot of power to it. Cancel healing, you know, reveal people, etc. And now that ability is a little bit slower and dodgeable, but still, if used in the right situation, forcing someone out of cover, you're still making an enemy move away from a position they wanted to be in. And so even if you miss, that's power in of itself. You're not going to get the most out of this if you're just throwing these, you know, scans around willy-nilly left and right but if you hit somebody they duck behind cover you can immediately force them to move and they will have to and that's powerful talking the ultimate as well i really like this one i know we just talked about it off air for a little bit the other day kind of just how much joy we're having playing with this ult but some people say that countering it is super easy just crouch or stop shooting no big deal and then you're countered it well bye Stopping to shoot or crouching, Seer is having a huge advantage over you. And a very smart Seer that hopefully one of you listeners will become after listening to this Slept On Legend episode will start to realize that, hey, if I pop this ult down, I can't just go in assuming I'm going to have everyone revealed. But knowing that you're going to stop combat or make people move very slowly is crazy. And both that tactical and ultimate impose your will in such a powerful way no you can't guarantee the reveal anymore like you can with bloodhound but that doesn't mean seer is weak just because bloodhound's strong seer is not weak it's a great one to mix into your rotation and we talked about loving the bloodhound seer combo in of itself as well so i think there's serious strength there Uh, and we talked about the passive being slept on yesterday i don't think we need to re-dive into that one all over again but there's some serious serious punch that you can get out of it Seer's just a really cool legend that needs some work in general, but is by no means as bad as I think public assumes he is. 
Yeah, I, I think there's so much power in the ultimate. I think that's where Seer is the most slept on. You know, we talked about the passive last episode and how it's one of the most powerful in the entire game. We did a really good episode comparing Bloodhound and Seer last season. Mm-hmm. Still really worth checking out. I think the fact is that Bloodhound is easier, a little more approachable, but I think Seer has more ability in using all three of his abilities at once. If you can line up the tactical with either the ultimate or the passive and use them all together, you can really put you and your entire team at a massive advantage. Like you Mm -hmm. said at the very beginning, talking about Seer, recon and intel is everything. It's so powerful uh, just to be able to aim at a corner and shoot exactly when they come around and they don't even know where you are. Mm -hmm. You just won. And that's what Seer can do. And Bloodhound honestly can't really do that. You have to scan, put down your gun, and Mm -hmm. Seer just has all that information at his fingertips for the entire team. Recon lets you shoot first, and that's going to win you a lot of fights in Apex. And so, yeah, we're going to call a legend that's Recon that allows you to shoot first effectively, one that is very powerful. I think unless Seer gets some serious love, he will always be looked at as inferior in comparison to his entry state, which... Tough scenes for Seer. I hope teams learned a lot from that experience in of itself. Um, but yeah, he's definitely still somebody to give a try, especially if you're like new this season and just don't have him unlocked. Like put him on the list of ones to try out for sure. He's he's up there. He's you're gonna have some good fun. Last slept on legend is Rampart. Currently sitting at a very low pick rate, 1.7%. The state of Rampart really breaks my heart. I was so incredibly skeptical of bringing an amped cover and turret into Apex before season six. Um, We we came from Titanfall. So like what our assumptions of what it was going to be as well was like, I don't even know how it would work at its peak was our concern. (laughs) I mean, you know, you can listen back to our thoughts in the time, um, but I wasn't even necessarily concerned that it would be overpowered. I asked why would I not want to use my G7 or Spitfire and instead use a turret, which at the time you couldn't move with? Um, Well, based off her release, a lot of players felt the same. Um, Rampart has an incredibly fun kit, which allows you to play the game unlike anyone else. Amped cover must be placed strategically, but the payoff of having six portable pieces of cover that block incoming damage and increase outgoing damage by 20% is epic, to say the least. If you can master building these amped covers, you can not only create distractions, but drop enemies in incredible time. And they change from being what they were upon entry to now being reactive which mm-hmm. I think is part of what boosts her into this conversation is that she has been getting some love and some appreciation to make her fit more into a BR from what she definitely was on entry. Yeah, they have more health while building, they build faster, they're certainly more reactive than they were. Um, mm-hmm. But if we think about just what the amped damage does in the mm-hmm. amped cover, if you have a revved rampage, which is another great reason to play uh, <laughs> rampart, um, Against purple armor, the time to kill is 1.08 seconds. Incredible. One of the fastest time to kills in the game. Um, Behind amped cover, that drops to 0.86 seconds. That's fast. And that's not even considering Rampart's passive. Now, if you care about weapons, number one, you have come to the right place. Number two, based (laughs) off of our three numbers that matter episode last season, Out of the top five most powerful weapons in the game across all metrics, two of the five of them are LMGs. Plus, we have the L-Star and the Spitfire in the care package. Rampart makes the best guns in the game even better. With a 15% larger magazine size and a 25% faster reload speed, what this does is two things. Number one, it makes the most forgiving weapons. 15% easier to use out of the box, while also increasing the damage potential in one clip. Spray Mm -hmm. down more enemies, do more damage. Number two, it pulls the reload time of LMGs from really, really bad 
to be mm. in line with assault rifles like the 301 or the flatline. That's incredible. Like using the best of both worlds. Yeah, because well, you don't have the other, you know, presumptive penalties of an LMG in Apex Legends. So you just get an AR that's got a huge mag size and deals more damage. Like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> These two abilities alone should be enough for you to play Rampart, to be honest. Um, but you don't, which is sad. But if that's not enough, Rampart <laughs> has a turret named Sheila, which oh, she does. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and it is a free mobile minigun. This weapon has the largest magazine and more importantly, the fastest time to kill in the game. Yes, the bullet spread is ridiculous, but that's why you have over 170 bullets. If you use the turret from high ground, you can absolutely vaporize a team while on the move or behind your amped cover. Plus, the turret is just so fun to use. It can be used mm -hmm. to break down doors, which is quite the surprise to the healing enemies trying to block it. It has a crazy low cooldown at only 120 seconds, and Rampart has custom inspects of Sheila, which are just a joy to see. I love those. I mean, if you are slept on sh with Sheila, my goodness, just play one fight where you end up in one of those, oh man, the enemy's healing behind a door kind of thing. I don't want to kick them down. You will not, not ever be afraid of those situations ever, ever again if you got Sheila ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Please give Rampart a shot. She's so fun and just has incredible potential. And if you don't trust me, trust the game merchant uh who mains rampart or the fact that when apex predators play rampart they have the second highest win rate in the game and that's probably because of the passive and the power of the rampage so please try her it's worth it these are all legends that are worth giving a shot they're slept on for a reason because they're not either the most uh, intuitive or maybe they just don't make the most sense in terms of, hey, I want to pick a legend that gets me from drop to winning. They're going to do it in unique and interesting ways. And that's what makes them slept on. But that's what makes the game so fun when you play as these legends. Like you are not going to have many more fun moments than when you wipe a team with Sheila. Like and that's just in of itself going to be a joy like you kind of mentioned. And so I think really everyone should give these legends a shot. You can get dubs in unorthodox ways through using them, or you can just have a blast and have some fun and get some dubs. I mean, we wouldn't say these were slept on legends if we didn't think you could win with them. Like we truly all can. between we we both play these legends consistently, and I think I think they're winners. They really, really are. And when you introduce a slept on weapon or a slept on legend, you have mm -hmm. a lot more of a chance that the enemy doesn't expect what you're doing. Yeah. They don't mm -hmm. really know what amped cover is. They don't really know what a knuckle cluster does. And you're going to be able to punish that uh, that infamiliarity. It's mm -hmm. really powerful to play legends that are less common. Well said. Let's wrap up the show, though, by answering some five-star questions. We got a good amount of them. Thanks for everybody's submissions. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. This one's coming from Catman. I have a few questions for you. One, do you think Respawn should release heirlooms faster? I know I really want an heirloom, but I main Valk, and she probably won't have an heirloom for a long time. Two out of my friends, I am the lowest level and constantly receive criticism for not hitting my shots, and it has gotten to the point where I'm not enjoying the game as much. Do you think I should try and play on my own so that I get easier lobbies so that I can practice with people that are closer to my skill levels? P.S. Do you think they should add a refund system such as return an item for half the crafting that it would cost to craft? Thanks. Bye. Good a lot thoughts. of good questions. A lot of good questions, okay. Catman. Thanks so much. Um, number one, heirlooms. Um, currently, there are 11 heirlooms out of 19 legends. Mm -hmm. That's a decent amount. You know, we're more than halfway there. They release once per season, potentially more. Um, no promises. Um, I don't know. I think that if they were to try to catch up and release more heirlooms per season, it could be nice, you know, if they're going to stay on the cadence of a new legend every season and they could, you know, match that legend with a new heirloom, maybe that would be for the best. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm also yeah. not like super frustrated with the current system either. I think it's a... Uh, Keep some special, the, I think. Yeah, 
It keeps them special. It's worth the wait. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, players that don't play the game all the time aren't going to have all the legends. And so yeah. who are they to truly care about if an heirloom comes out, if that legend is not unlocked? And yeah. we always got to keep the casual player in mind because they keep the lights on for this game for the most part. Yeah, they do. Um, for the other questions, I don't mm-hmm. know how your friends know that you're not hitting your shots. I don't know if they have some voodoo magic or what, but if you feel that personally, it probably comes down to the weapons that you're using. You know, if you're using the Peacekeeper, yeah, you probably feel like you're missing your shots. But if mm-hmm. you're using something like the Rampage or the R301, that's going to set you up for a lot more success. Uh, well said. I, I think there's also, I think he's, you're on to something, Catman. Like, there's nothing, I don't know what the, skill gap differences between you and teammates are you bronze and they're diamond like i'm not sure that could obviously like if there's a significant gap there i think you're gonna struggle and that's totally understandable and i'm sorry that your friends uh maybe aren't as understanding of that uh i'll i'm gonna plug two things i'm gonna say one feel free to take a break play by yourself do whatever you can to enjoy the game Work on that aim in arenas, maybe. You get a lot of reps in there. And also, join our Discord. We have some really awesome community members. We got people that are always higher levels, totally willing to play with people of lower level and lower skill that want to teach you the game. I love it every time I see it happen on Discord of people getting together. And so I would definitely give it a shot if you uh, feel like you maybe want to switch it up sometimes so you're not always uh, feeling bad with playing with your friends. But I'm sorry you're in that situation. And finally, the refund uh, of crafting. Would love, love, love that idea. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen because yeah, it is a major conflict of interest on the monetization front. I'll, I'll take man, cross progression great. instead. Sure. Yeah, I'd take that as I'm well. I'm willing to settle. <laughs> yep. Next question coming from XXGamer360. Hey guys, I've been listening to the pod since around May and haven't missed an episode since then. I can now I can say now that I look forward to Wednesdays and Saturdays whenever I have a long drive to class and work. I'm loving the show so much that I even bought one of the posters for the video pod. However, I haven't received it yet and haven't gotten any emails saying it was shipped and just want to know if I'm being a little impatient or not. My second question is, what are your overall thoughts on Stormpoint? Would you say it's your favorite out of the four we have? Man, I, uh, great questions, obviously. Let's talk about the posters first. Obviously, uh, Henry and I wish we had the money to uh, maybe have a hundred of them ready to go. Uh, but break down what our shipping situation is right now. They're they're on the way, essentially, is the short version. <laughs> yeah, we got the posters. The posters mm-hmm. are no problem. Printed, it's got your name on it, everything is good. We are just having issues getting the shipping supplies and having UPS mm-hmm. uh, scheduling our pickup. So they're on the way. Mm-hmm. Do not worry, but I apologize for the delay. Yep, apologize for the delay. They'll be there as soon as possible. And as soon as we ship them out, like we will definitely make sure that we contact everybody so they know, or at least mention it in our Discord or on the show or something. So you'll be well aware and we're paying for some good shipping in theory based off of what the what the cost breakdown is. So hopefully it gets there pretty soon and nobody else is disappointed. But in terms of storm point, what are our thoughts on it? Is it the favorite? I think that's such a tough question. Well, now we're going to have to really dial in for this week's Patreon episode that we're recording. But here's where I'm at. I truly do think Stormpoint is a beautiful map. I really do enjoy playing on it. I'm not ready to call it my absolute favorite yet. I do very, very well think that could change, though, with a couple map updates and added POIs and town takeovers and stuff. I think it is a fantastic map, though. I still love World's Edge, and I got nostalgia for King's Canyon all the time, though, so I definitely think it's good, though. Overall thoughts, it's really good. We're actually about to sit down and record a Patreon episode where we're having a discussion with all of our patrons about mm-hmm. uh, their favorite maps and kind of what they think of Stormpoint, so definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, but yeah, Stormpoint's great. I think they really hit it out of the park. Thanks for listening, Exact Gamer. Next question coming from the Italian 17. Hey guys, just started listening about two and three months ago and really love playing, really love, and really loving the insight into the game. It helped me a lot. I play after work and when I get time, and I really don't have a main. Mirage is by far my most played character, but I have fun playing others like Octane, Horizon, and Lifeline. 
I know you all have said to try out Valk this season, but any other suggestions for characters to try based on my usual picks? Thanks again, and keep up the amazing work and helpful tips and tricks. You decided to listen to the right episode, the Italian. <laughs> yeah. I think you got a lot of our thoughts on this episode in terms mm-hmm. of what you might want to try out. Um, interesting assortment of legends, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. We get these questions uh, fairly frequently, but rare is it that we get a combination of somebody that enjoys both Mirage, Lifeline, Horizon, and Octane. Um, honestly, I don't know what you couldn't handle those are very different to compare how horizon plays to mirage or lifeline is drastically different so i wouldn't necessarily have any outright recommendations of something that would be the most approachable for you because it sounds like you're pretty competent with learning different abilities and play styles yeah pretty dang diverse it sounds like i mean try valk for some mobility like we said in the past gibraltar to play in some of that lifeline support knowledge that you have and mm-hmm. you know mirage i always define as a character i play to have a ton of fun so uh, for matching each one of them up i'll try some fuse with mirage and have a good yeah. time next question coming from og fish taco love the podcast i listen to them on cooldown great job at making an informative apex podcast that anyone can enjoy I have a question for you guys. I like running AR and LMGs as a Rampart main. My question is, what would combo best with that? Shotguns or SMGs? Man, that's a good question. That is a good question. I love the question, and Mm -hmm. I love how you framed the question, because I wouldn't combo it with either of those. If you like (laughs) ARs and LMGs, I would run only those. And Rampart (laughs) is great with that. Uh, you can even do wield LMGs with Rampart. Yes. And having uh, Rampage and R301 is completely acceptable. I do not mm-hmm. think you should force yourself into thinking, oh, SMGs and shotguns are close range only. I need to have that option. Mm-hmm. For Rampart, that isn't really where your strengths are. And your strengths are in suppressive fire. And hip fire in this game is so good that mm-hmm. maximize the strength of her passive with the LMGs and ARs are so dang good that yeah, it's hard for me to force you to use something uh, outside of that. The flatline operates as such a great up close hip fire gun as mm-hmm. well. In terms of shotguns or SMGs, I'm normally a huge SMG fan, um, but I will say that like if the reason I would use a shotgun and pair it with an LMG in this situation, which I'm reiterating is not like the first choice, like we kind of just mentioned is ammo conservation though. Like if I want to run a rampage and confidently hold, hey, 400 heavy for my rampage so I can keep firing, I'll feel a lot more confident with a shotgun as my secondary where I know that I only have, really need one stack and can carry two stack and it's just not taking up inventory space. So that's the nice little advantage of running it with an LMG. But in general, if you can afford to carry the ammo, which I think you'll be able to most of the time, craft a backpack if you need to or something, you'll get the most out of it by playing into the kit with maybe some more ARs and LMGs for sure. Last question though, coming from Glitch. Hey, I've been listening for a couple months now and need to know what you guys think about the controller movement because I feel it's sort of underpowered compared to the keyboard and mouse movement when the aim assist is barely different. And do you think it will be changed in the near future to the benefit of controller players? More even though, even though more pros are on keyboard and mouse. Sorry for the long review. Love the pod. Never need to apologize for reviews. Thank you, Glitch. Henry just had a revelation today on this, so I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, this is just, you're, you're trying to start controversy, Glitch. I don't know what to tell you. Um, we're controller players. We're controller players, and I'm taking the position that they are fair and balanced. Do you want to bring up other things? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I just wish I could move 90 degrees in another direction at any point in time. I wish I could move while I was looting. I wish I could grab armor swaps at the speed of lightning. I, I do wish I had some of those tools, but I got aim assist, so it's all good. Yeah. And <laughs> it's fair and balanced, and um, yeah. I think tap strafing is going to be removed and I'm oh cool with it. Gosh. Like tap strafing is really powerful. Um, no, but by in all seriousness though, I, I do think there, I think there's some movement tech that has been removed 
And I think it's fair for that to be removed because mm-hmm. it's incapable of happening on controller. Aim assist is not built to counter movement. It's built to counter the struggle of aiming with a thumbstick. Whether that is the actual case in Apex or not, we will never know until a dev maybe uh, quits and decides to spill some beans or something. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I think I think we're in a good spot, though. I never feel like I'm super oppressed. No, I don't either. I don't think really anything drastic needs to be done. Um, but the revelation that Shay was talking about was I really discovered how powerful tap strafing with Octane is on mouse and key. Mm-hmm. It is just insanity. I can't even imagine it playing myself. It It's really... It's strong. Dare I say it's overpowered. I think <laughs> that it's pretty clear that that is an exploit. Henry doesn't um, use the O word a lot. <laughs> it's pr- it shocked me. I was very shocked. I it's not how the stim was intended to be used. Um and I don't think that's how you should be planned. But that's enough controversy. Great question. Great question. Got you to Got us to break a little bit. <laughs> That's going to wrap up the show, though. Thank you to our producer, the third party, 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Subscribe and Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod and check out the Discord. Read the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>